0: Hi, this is Aliza Licht, and this is Leave Your Mark, the podcast, where I brew fresh career advice with some of my most inspiring and successful friends. It's professional advice that you can action immediately, whether you're just starting out in your career or well on your way. With a massive to-do list and a large cup of coffee, I promise that you can get it all done and still have time to post about it. Very excited for my guest today, who is a new friend, but we have 4 million people in common and experiences in common. So I cannot believe, Stacey Eagle, that we have not met prior to this year. It's wild. Welcome to Leave Your Mark.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited to have you. For everyone listening, Stacey Eagle is the founder and creative director of Boy Meets Girl, a global impact brand known for its iconic double silhouette logo and purposeful edgy contemporary athleisure wear. Stacy and Boy Meets Girl seek to promote the message that confidence and courage are trends that never go out of style. And Stacy, you have been doing this since 2001.
1: Yes I have.
0: Stacey is like the queen of fashion partnerships. She's done partnerships with Colette, Bergdorf Goodman, Roots Canada, Saks, Bloomingdale's Target. The list goes on and on. And you have a new book. Embracing the Calm in the Chaos, which is a title that rings true in my heart because it's something that Donna Karen always would talk about throughout my entire career there. So I always start the podcast a little differently depending on who I'm talking to. So I want to start with why that title
1: a good question well as you know a fellow author there are times where you have a title that you really want and a title that you're also thinking about or is in your book as a chapter and actually this is one of my chapter titles that became my title so the title of my book was supposed to be what did you do that for and there is, it would be great with Gen Z. So that is a joke in my book that I tell, and I think it was my first or second chapter was called "Embracing the Calm and the Chaos," and we did a voting forum with Harper Collins with the titles, and "Embracing the Calm and the Chaos" was like ninety five percent, or like ninety interesting. And yeah, and so my editor at HarperCollins, you know, was like, are you okay with this? And that's something, you know, as an author, as a new author, and I've had a brand for 23 years, but as a author, you know, picking everything out and doing everything for your book, I, I felt like I wanted to trust the the gods of who like had bought the book and who were putting the effort in and who was mm-hmm. going to market it. And this is what the consumer would want. And also it was written throughout the whole book, how I have survived growing a business.
0: Let's talk about that. So you are someone who does embrace the calm and the chaos. How do you do that?
1: So I have led starting my business with chaotic situations. 2001 was my first week was supposed to be a trade show um, during the week of 9-11. And here we were in New York City with a a terrorist attack. And I had left my 401k job at Izod to start this collection that was out of my brain and ready to rock and roll in freelance designing. And I just was like, how could I be in fashion during this time in our world and in our city that I was living in? And so at that moment in just like thinking about everything I love about fashion and why i'm in fashion and and i was the only one in my family in fashion everybody was you know doctors writers physician assistants no one had been in fashion and i was like how i need to help out but how can i help out so at that moment we were all helping out on the ground floor and we had friends who had lost friends and and that was our way of coping and helping and anything we could do and so I bring this up as this chaotic situation, which it was for all of us. And I decided that I would do that trade show whenever it would be scheduled again, which was a month later. And I would do that leading with impact, which meant that the collection that I would have at that trade show would be donated back to the American Red Cross and victims of 9-11s and their family. And that was the only way that I could cope with to be in fashion during this time. But I knew that I loved it so much and that I wanted to give back always through a brand. When I created that brand, I didn't know it was going to be day one. And so I said to myself, whatever I do with this brand, I will always be a give back brand. And that's 2001. And so to answer your question, I've had other Unfortunate attacks where I've been launching things in Paris, but I've journaled. The journaling has really helped me in really chaotic situations and partnerships and finding investors and hiring and firing. And so that's really my coping mechanism. I I actually said this to my son the other day, and this is so different, but it's about writing down that you are going to do something, right? Like, I'm going to win. I won that game like talking the future, but you didn't win it yet. So sort of, it's called scripting. So really like thinking in this positive way. And so, and he won the game. So he was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing See that. that? Oh, totally. you go, oh, I'm going to do this and you're going to do it. But you know, it doesn't always happen. There's many partnerships that I have written that down and they didn't happen or they went sour, but it led me to another partnership that was supposed to happen.
0: What sign are you? Taurus? Okay. I'm just always curious because I think it's like, so I'm a very positive person also.
1: What's your sign?
0: Gemini. So (laughs) it's just always interesting to see the people in your life who look at things, you know, glass half full versus glass half empty and the trajectory of how those people carry on. Because I do think it's a little bit of a self-fulfilled prophecy. Like if you think bad things are gonna happen all the time, like bad things tend to happen, right? If you think good things are gonna happen, good things are gonna happen because you open yourself up to it. So I'm completely a proponent of that. So, okay, boy meets girl, why? You know, when we think about starting a brand. Yes. The name is probably the most fun part of like thinking about the name and thinking about the logo. What's the inspo?
1: So I, um. I've always been fascinated by what's behind a brand, right? So I worked, I interned for Donna Karen, which we'll talk about, but growing up, I was a thrifter with my mom and looking at iconic brands and Ralph Lauren for his logo and Missoni for the fabric identity and what this person stood for, Norma Kamali, like the greats, right? And informing how I was going to go to market I knew that like I wanted to have something that would speak to someone. And how my story is an amazing story cuz it was sort of a happy accident, but I was dating my who is now my husband at the time and he was in graphic design at Chelsea Piers before he became a lawyer, but that's another story. So and we I was going over to his house for the first time to meet his parents for a dinner. And on his wall, he had a silhouette of his sister and his brother and himself. And this is like, as I'm entering his, like to go to the dining room. And so I looked at it and I was like, Oh my God, I have silhouettes of me and my sister when we were younger, but I looked at it as like this story That there is a story between a first friendship, a first lover, love interest, boyfriend, girlfriend, first music concert, all these firsts. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And so a week later, I got my silhouettes and me and my sister, we brought it back to Brian's house and we scanned it into Photoshop and we started puffing up the hair and putting the ponytail and doing all this stuff with his and mine and Boy Meets Girl is born. And I looked at it and I was like, this is it. Like I did girl and boy alone. And then I did boy, boy, girl, girl, and then boy meets girl. And so I I was like, this is just, it it just spoke to me. And I said, this is going to be how I can tell other people's stories. Cause I always loved hearing about other people's stories. I love sharing their stories. And so boy meets girl was born. And that was the, the, the night that it happened. And I trademarked it right away. I Good girl. Yes, my mom is was a physician assistant. She created a lumbar support that was one colorway, one price point and one style number. As you know that does not work in the fashion industry. <laughs> so, a very simple model, 39.99, called the back machine, but I, you know, learned from her about patents and trademarks and I knew right away like to own the word boy meets girl I own that in almost every category of clothing accessory, goods. right I don't own in music there is boy meets girl music who asked me to collaborate which is very interesting but it's it's interesting right to own like such a simple clean word that can be applied to everything How and it's all-
0: crazy that it was not taken
1: I know and I own Boy Meets Boy and Girl Meets Girl. And then from there, I I grew the, you know, again, the sharing the stories of, of a boy and a girl, a girl and a girl. And, and that's what I've led. So throughout, you know, our 20 years, our blog has stories about activists, about scientists, about students, about actors, musicians. It's And that's who I've collaborated with. And that's how we've really grown the brand.
0: So I'm curious, just because all of these years, like, did you sort of go in the same half as like your peers? Or do you consider yourself someone who was sort of beat to your own drum and did your own thing? Like, how much were you immersed in sort of fashion 101? Like, I know you, you had shows, obviously, but I'm just curious because so many brands just disappear. Right? Yes, I do. And you yeah. and you have had consistent success year over year, and you've done all these incredible partnerships. So, like, what was your mentality as you were sort of picking up steam? Like, how much of I guess the machine that is fashion did you buy into or did you stay on the outskirts? I've always
1: been, I think, a disruptor. I was on a disruptor panel. Vanessa Freeman led with me. Warby Parker, David Gabola, I think it's his name, Oslong, and who you had uh, .com, and another woman who I really loved, like 2011, and why I was working with Kathy Savitt at Lockers at the time, and I was doing the first buy, now, wear, now, runway show, where I had Wyclef John, Drina DeMarco, Chris Cab sing and perform on the runway and then we partner with lockers through tumblr sophie Elgert was shooting it street style was feeding into this like website it took 48 hours to put together now imagine if we had phones and instagram we didn't then and we fed the show to buy now wear now so i feel that i did a hundred trade shows. I did the wholesale world. I I started my career with a trade show. That's how I've met my first buyers. And I did those and I was in the wholesale land for probably 10 years before I pivoted and realized there's so much more and that you cannot grow a business solely on wholesale. I believe it's, you know, an omni-channel of dot com, wholesale, licensing, collaborations, you know, off the AI, Web3, like all of it. And and I I think it's because I was the one growing the business and finding the partners along the way. But I had to learn every single piece of the business as I was growing. And I had I have a team and I had a nice, small, lean team. And then we it kept growing. But I would still want my hands in everything as we were growing. And as I was learning, I'm like, "Mm," you know, social media is going to hit here. This forum's growing. This is going to happen. And I just was on this wavelength of, we will never be just in wholesale. And so I was definitely not like my peers. You know, I love high fashion. I studied under in London and I worked for Zandra Rhodes. Like I, I love, you know, that world of couture, but I was never going to be a designer. And then I'm a streetwear designer with a mission. And, and so I knew that the voice of what I needed to do had to be spread much differently. And that my price point was much lower than my peers as well. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't fast fashion and, you know, fast fashion came on the scene in like 2012, But I was still trying to be a moderate price point. I wanted to be for everyone. And that's a hard thing to say, like to be for everyone. People are always, everyone fought me on that. Like, how can you say that? I'm like, no, I can be for everyone. I say my book can be for everyone too. And I said that too. (laughs) And so for me, I guess my mind was always racing of, okay, here's social media and my employees are on it. And what does that mean for the brand? And then, here, dot coms are happening, and we've got to get into this. And so, I'm fascinated by how do we get there and how do we do it,
0: and the whys behind it. Yeah, let's talk about fashion and the metaverse. Yes, so you're a disruptor. I used to think of myself as a disruptor, early adopter. I will say. The metaverse is just not getting my attention. And I'm sure I'll regret that. But tell us your perspective on Web3 and in specifically fashion on metaverse.
1: I think you will get there. It's just going to, it's like a dot com, the first dot coms, or like when our flip phone became an iPhone, you know, like it takes time,
0: right? But I was, but I was on all of that. So like, I mean? was super early with social media, super early. I'm like, I dive in head first. The minute there's a new platform, I dive in. Yeah. Something about the metaverse, maybe because any sort of virtual reality mask will like mess with my makeup. Maybe that's honestly it. Like, I just <laughs> don't, I just don't. Well, there that's
1: AI. So that's AI, right? So there's, there's gaming, there's AI, and then there's web three, right? So I'm involved in all of it. AI is new for me. I'm still learning AI. But as far as let's get into gaming. So I'll do gaming and web three. So gaming in 2009, I partnered with Bloomingdale's to bring a fashion fantasy game where there was girls who could dress up their boy meets girl hoodies in this game. And then you could buy the hoodie on Bloomingdale's. So we connected it. The woman who created Fashion Fantasy Game came from the underwear space prior. She had a company, but she was fascinating and came to me to do this game with her. And we had this contest with all these students and it was it was before Roblox, right? It was amazing. So I was already working with how do you take this, I guess, Web 2 at the time to a department store and right. bring connection. Recently, Roblox, I have a partnership with, with Blueberry, which is a game or really a fashion brand on the space. And we have a collaboration with them. They do a lot of collaborations. So I have a whole land in Roblox. And it was crazy because it was like 10 years later, I had done this already. And then here there's like this real platform with millions of zillions of people buying my beanies and hoodies, for robux you know like for five robux and they're really in this space so that space the product looks like your product but there's you you can dress up your avatar and what's really cool about that in gaming is that these gamer women started doing YouTubes with Boy Meets Girl. And they're like, look at I can make my body look like this. I feel confident in this. The waist is this. And it was interesting to hear a gamer talk about the confidence that came from the clothes that they got from Boy Meets Girl. And I was like, oh my God. And then it was, I, it's, a lot of them didn't know the brand. And they went to the website and learned about all the anti-bullying work we've done and all the breast cancer awareness we've done and the immigration, you know, we're going to human rights watch. And it was like they paired and they're like, oh my God, I found this amazing brand that stands for this. So it was a, it was like, you know, 10 years later, this is all happening. And but that area of they would call it metaverse gaming is like the fastest growing piece of our businesses right now. It's like porn and gaming, literally.
0: That's funny. But like, okay, so I get all that. Like, yeah. I did a game yeah. at TKY back in the day, like yeah. 2010 or something. We did a fashion week game and then sold the clothes.
1: So, what I love about Web3 in this kind of decentralized platform is that as an artist, especially someone who is like an illustrator and has their work in a gallery, you give 50% to your gallery, which I still love galleries and support galleries, but this gave an opportunity for artists to own it 100% and make royalties on their art. And you own all the rights to it. So as, as someone who has grown a brand and There's many times I'm giving X percent to this person, X percent to that person. Here's the opportunity for a designer, for an artist, for a musician to own all of it and do what you want to do with that money you make. I also think that something about it that's different than the fashion business for me is that, yes, there have been amazing cheerleaders, leaders, who have championed me, but I think that it's also super competitive and not always people champion for you. And so in web three, what I've noticed is that everybody, and also similar to the alpha culture that I've been like seeing is that people really want to support you. And like, really, they're there to be like, uh, check out this artist, do this, like this. I don't think in fashion we were doing that for each other.
0: No, for sure not, for sure not. And I I never- That's great to see. That's great to know, that's great to see, for sure.
1: Yeah, so, you, so I feel like there's this whole new world of artists that I'm working with that I brought on to a collaboration with Boy Meets Girl that we're doing for their NFTs. Then you can also get the physical artwork that we are donating money to the Chicago Abortion Fund, and I brought together 12 artists that where they meet each other within the Boy Meets Girl logo. So it's an artist meeting an artist, which again defines what I'm talking about, because before I do a collaboration with an artist or I do a collaboration with a brand, but now I'm having artists work together with another artist. So I just think that there's something about community that is really special there. I think that where we're going with Web3 and AI is a little scary. Like the AI part is a little scary. It seems fascinating for a lot of artists who who can make their products look even better or showcase it, but then we're going to also lose a lot of jobs through it. So that, that, that part of AI, I'm still trying to understand that's different from what I'm talking about in the NFT space and, and what I've experienced with these artists. So that, that's where I'm not sure, but I think that what I'm seeing, cause I'm teaching a course for a school called Columbia in Chicago all next fall. And they have implemented web three and AI into the course structure. So we are in the beginning of this is happening.
0: Yeah. I think the AI intellectual property side of things is really scary. I don't know if you saw there was that Tom Cruise, Paris Hilton video. Did you see that? It was going around last week. That it was, it was totally, totally yeah. fake, and yeah. that part of it is kind yeah. of yeah.
1: Yeah, and then in the intellectual property. I mean, even with music, I haven't even dove into yet. I, I don't been...
0: think anyone has, honestly. I don't think I think there's there are no guardrails. Is the point, and I think that that's yeah. scary. All right, let's switch gears for a second. What would you say?
1: is your personal superpower? My personal superpower. It's funny because my friend texted me yesterday and she's like, you're really a connector. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm on a housewife show. I mean, the subtitle underneath my book is how to find success in business and life through perseverance, connection, and collaboration. So I mean, those are my things. Like I persevere, I collaborate, I connect. I love ideas. I love creating. But I think the you know, the calmness through all the madness is a superpower too. Yeah, there's I think there's a few of them. I don't think I have just
0: one. Well, speaking of connecting, we cannot record this episode without giving a shout out to Ann Keating, who yes. also wanted us to meet. Yes. So Anne is oh, How do you, you have endless creativity. You're doing a million different things. How do you structure your time to leave room to be creative? Because you've got like the regular to-do list, but how do you block your time?
1: It's changed since COVID. So I probably couldn't tell you (laughs) pre-COVID, but since COVID, I block out time for self-care, which I never did which is a walk in the park or a run in the park. I have to see the trees. In those walks, I do a lot of business calls or emails or follow up, So it's still working, walking, but I'm still in nature and clearing my mind in the city. And then I've now, since you know writing the book and promoting the book and then running a brand, I have really divided up how each week is going to be done based on the book tour and then Boy Meets Girl work and things that are happening. And then I also prioritize structuring in the book work and like the promotions for that and whoever has to work team wise. And and then I also like, again, COVID has really shifted. My family's always been super important and Dylan took a long time to have in my life. And he, It was always my first priority, but I was always also running to office and then coming back late at night and that my nighttime and my weekends was with him. But now it's shifted to be, you know, really if he's at a basketball game, I'm gonna make sure to try to be there even half of the time. So I'm shifting like how that being a working mom and being present, I'm more around. And and it's a big interesting conversation from like. You know, there's all these conversations about the pause and the shift and the this and the that. And I'm in this like, I still am doing the exact same thing. (laughs) I'm still working 24 seven, but I like, I do feel like there's a shift of what's important to you. Right. For
0: sure. For sure. What would you say makes a successful partnership? Like, what do you look for? I
1: always
0: make sure. I meet the
1: teams, whether that's Zoom or in person. I also make sure who is on the team. Like, Is there a nonprofit piece of it? Is there a production piece of it? What are the promotions for it? And make sure I know who that team is and they know who our team is. And once we've had those first few Zooms or meetings, I sense like this is going to be a great partnership. We can enter into this. I've learned along the way that you can lose one of those team members when you start the dotted line and that certain things might go sour from that. But if you've met the other team members, you know that you can piggyback or Mm -hmm. work together. So you've met them prior to really know who they are. So that's really led me in. I've had those situations happen where someone's not there who is like the leader, of a very big collaboration, but we were able to pick up with the other team member who was lower than her on the totem pole, but could still do the work. So I think that that's really how I've led with all my partnerships.
0: Always the last question is the same. I think you know it, but how do you ultimately want to leave your mark? Like what is the headline for you?
1: Okay i want to leave my mark i want m- people to say she had fun
0: <laughs>
1: she gave back and she was
0: there for her family oh i love that i just got chills it's Amazing. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this episode of leave your mark If you want more career advice or tips on personal branding, make sure to pick up a copy of my new book, On Brand, Shape Your Narrative, Share Your Vision, Shift Their Perception. Want to land your dream job or kill it in your career? Don't forget about my first book, Leave Your Mark. If you want me to speak at your company or at an offsite, or if you need consulting services, please go to alizalick.com. I would love to connect with you there and on social media. And just remember this if change doesn't hurt a little, it's not change. Keep on rocking.